It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Thursday, June 2nd, 2016. We have 16 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have southwest winds 10 to 15 knots, gusting to 20 in the morning. And today we'll talk about what happens when a ship runs aground and how salvage crews manage to refloat them and send them on their way. But first, a look at today's ship schedule. We have eight inbounders, we have three in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have four outbounders heading downriver. Our first arrival in the river is the K Winner. She's arriving from South Korea, headed for Vancouver, Washington. She will pass Astoria around 5.30 a.m. You might see her at the port of uh, Vancouver by about 11.30 a.m. The Baronia K is uh, off leaving, uh, arriving from offshore, rather, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up wheat eventually, but look for her in Astoria's Anchorage by about 7.30 a.m. today. The Western Honolulu is uh, arriving from South Korea. She's headed for Astoria's Anchorage, and she's another wheat ship. She'll be heading upriver to pick that cargo up at some point, but she'll be arriving also around 7.30 in Astoria's Anchorage. The Argent Sunrise is arriving from China, headed for Kalama. She's going there to pick up, uh, to bring in a cargo of caustic soda. So she will uh, pass Astoria around 9.30 a.m. and arrive in Kalama by about 2.30 p.m. to deliver that cargo. The Evergrace is arriving from China, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She's another wheat ship. She will... Um, uh, arrive in the Anchorage at about 9.30 a.m. So the Anchorage is going to see some ships arriving today off Astoria, and it seems like so far they're all wheat carriers. The Fuji Galaxy is uh, arriving from South Korea, headed for Vancouver, Washington. She's a petroleum tanker. She'll pass Astoria around 10.30 a.m., and you'll see her in Vancouver around 4.30 p.m. The Green Bay is arriving from Vancouver, B.C., to Vancouver, head for Vancouver, Washington, a car carrier with brand-new Subarus on board. She'll pass Astoria around 1.30 p.m. You might see her in Vancouver by about 7.30 this evening. And the Grecos is arriving from Vancouver, B.C., also headed for Vancouver, Washington. Her cargo will be copper concentrate, and she will pass Astoria around 10.30 p.m., arriving in Vancouver in the wee hours of Friday morning, probably around 4.30 a.m. there at the port of Vancouver. So operations at the ports uh, go on 24-7. In the Astoria Anchorage, the Queen Kobe will be heading for Portland today um, to pick up wheat. She'll be um, leaving Astoria around 6 p.m. and arriving in Portland around midnight. The Evergrace, which arrived, uh, will arrive today, will be in the Anchorage until about 1.30 p.m., and then she'll head upriver to Vancouver and arrive there at about 7.30 p.m. The CF Diamond is in the Anchorage and is heading for Kalama. She will leave about 4 p.m., arriving in Kalama by about 9 p.m. tonight. Well, I've been reading about a story, uh, reading a story about a a ship that has run aground in the Great Lakes. And this happens occasionally. Ships hit bottom. Some incidents are worse than others. Sometimes ships run aground uh, occasionally on the Columbia River, usually because of things like engine failure, where the ship can no longer steer and runs into shallow water. Here on the Columbia, ships are usually fairly easily freed, although we did have one that hit a boulder that ended up in the channel. That was much more serious. But this ship that is in the Great Lakes, it's an 858, so almost 900-foot-long ore carrier, um, has run aground pretty hard, and they have not been able to free it yet. So efforts are ongoing there. So reading this story and thinking about this, I thought it would be interesting to talk about... um, you know, what do you do when something as big and heavy as a ship actually runs aground and gets wedged against the bottom? And how do you get that loose? You know, it happens all the time. It's kind of another one of those unseen things in the maritime industry. But 
it's quite an, a thing to do to get a ship free. So I thought we would talk about that today. Uh, I'll start by reading you a little bit from an article at uh, an interesting marine news website called workboat.com. Investigators from the Coast Guard and the National Transportation Safety Board are examining the May 27th grounding of the, of the bulk carrier Roger Bluff, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which remained stuck Wednesday on a reef in Whitefish Bay in Lake Superior. Divers from the Houston-based salvage firm Donjon Smith LLC are conducting an underwater survey to determine any damage the vessel sustained in the Friday afternoon grounding, according to Coast Guard officials. So um, the ship is hard aground, is the term. She's not getting loose all that easily. So what are some of the procedures that salvage crews, and salvage people are the people who you call, their profession is to do things like this, get ships that are in trouble um, loose and free and on their way. Um, they're sort of, they work in tandem with the um, Coast Guard, but they are not a public service agency like the Coast Guard is part of the military. They are private companies that work for hire and for profit. So they are, it's their job to do this kind of work, and they get paid well for it because what they do is do something quite extraordinary, which is things like this, where you take a, a ship that weighs many, many, many tons and, and get it free from being stuck on the bottom. So there are several techniques that I've read about that salvage crews use to get ships unstuck, and I thought I'd talk about them. Um, one is using the action of the tide. If the ship is in an area where there is a significant tidal variation, like here, there's some days a 10, 11 foot tide variation. And if the ship ran aground when the, the tide was anywhere below high tide, then the water level will eventually and naturally rise higher than it was when the ship originally touched bottom. And for a ship that's not hard aground, or even, even one that is, if the water level is different enough, that may be enough to let it float free. So sometimes when you hear that a ship was refloated a few hours after it ran aground, this is usually related to tide, because they just wait until the, um, the water lifts the ship up, but just enough to clear the water, clear the bottom, or barely be touching it, and then they use tugs tugboats with lines to just pull the ship free. So that's kind of the easiest, best case scenario. Now, if the ship can't be refloated that way, crews can take things off it so that it sits higher in the water or so that it's balanced differently so that parts that are stuck on the bottom may be, may be easier to move free. This can be done by removing cargo or removing fuel. The process of removing fuel is referred to as lightering. And so they hook up a, a hose to it to another vessel and they pump the fuel out of the ship or they just simply remove part of the cargo. As, as these things are taken off the ship, it will tend to sit higher and higher in the water. We see this effect when uh, with ships on the Columbia. When ships enter the river without cargo and say stop in the anchorage, um, and then later they leave fully loaded. They sit very, very high in the water when they arrive without cargo, and you'll see lots of that dull red bottom paint showing. And when they're empty, they sit, I mean, when they're full, rather, when they come down river, they sit very low in the water. So there can be a tremendous difference in height between um, when a ship has cargo and when it doesn't, or fuel. So removing cargo and fuel can give a ship a tremendous advantage in terms of floating free if it's stuck on the bottom. So I've read uh, an update on this article that says that now they're try trying these lightering efforts to remove fuel from the ship and let it float higher. Now, another technique that I've read about, and I've read about this uh, and talked to interviewed people about this in reference to the famous salvage ship, the Salvage Chief, 
And so to simplify greatly this involved process that, that they would go through with the salvage chiefs to do this, the, the salvage vessel would tie lines on the ship or boat and use the rising and falling action of the waves hitting the vessel to rock it loose while pulling hard on those lines to, or cables to take advantage of any lift the water might offer with the, the waves that are going up and down to move that ship loose from the bottom. Now, in worst-case scenarios, a ship might have to be taken apart in place and removed, or as in the case of the Costa Concordia cruise ship off Italy a few years ago, refloated with giant air-filled tanks and towed away. Now, most of the time when occasional groundings occur, ships are easily freed and, you, and may not even suffer any damage, but the Coast Guard always inspects them afterwards to make sure. Um, so that's what's happening in the Great Lakes right now, and that's the kind of procedures that you will see anytime a ship runs aground. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day. <laughs>